It is 7.04 on your Wednesday evening here. The Employment Hour is underway, as always, 416-870-6400-640 on sale. We want to hear from you. Have a severance package in front of you. Questions? Don't know if it's enough. Don't know if you should be taking it. Should I sign? Do I leave? And on a time limit, it's crazy. So we want to hear your questions, and Lior has all the answers. We have yet to stump him on this show. Even a Raptors question. Can't stump him. <laughs> is DeRozan coming back? There's a question. He's coming back. Really? You have heard of him. Think they're going to dish, huh? All right. There you go. We always get to the uh, week that was first, though. That's right. Thank you, John. And uh, I welcome all uh, all questions, Raptors or employment law, uh, and uh, here to answer questions about workplace rights. You've always wondered, can my employer do this to me? Well, guess what? Now you can ask. Now you can find out. We're here, and and we're here to tell you the truth. And to get us warmed up and all ready, let's start off with a couple of matters, John. The first matter I'll tell you about involved a gentleman that had uh, called me. A very interesting situation, a sad situation in many respects, is he actually was recruited from a job in Europe. I'm not going to tell you what the job is because it helps it will help identify him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. But he was recruited from a job in Europe. He was brought here from Europe, uh, you know, aggressive recruitment, and he signed a three-year agreement uh, okay. with, the, with the employer here in Ontario to work for three years. And uh, uh, very, uh, very, for a lot of money and, you know, uh, a good job. So fast forward a year into that agreement. So just this past, uh, this past uh, May, uh, when he said one year anniversary, his employer is telling him, unfortunately, we decided that's not working out. We want to let you go. Okay. So he called me and he wanted to know what am I owed? And I said, well, here's the good news is the good news is they actually owe you two years pay. Why? There's a three-year agreement and you've worked one year into it. They have to pay you out the balance of that agreement. Cha-ching. And that's exactly what I thought. And I was happy, except then I go to find out oh, no. he accepted a month's pay. Oh, come pay. on. One month's pay. You are kidding me. And someone me. had told him, former client of mine had told him to call me, and he accepted one month's pay. The guy was making $100,000, so you can imagine we're talking about a difference here of close to $200,000 that he walked away, and I could not help him. He signed a release in favor of that employer, and it, it, it was so frustrating. I looked from every angle, and nothing I can do. So the lesson here, number one, is do not sign an employment or a severance offer before you get legal advice. This cost them $200,000. And of course, with a fixed term agreement, if your employer wants to let you go before the end date, they still have to pay out the balance of that agreement. Extremely important for our our, uh, listeners to remember that. Talking that guy off a ledge. Got uh, Josh here. Josh, thanks for calling this evening. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. What uh, what can uh, Lior do for you? Well, I have just uh, uh, two questions. The first is, for roughly, um, what, what could someone expect in Ontario for um, severance pay, if you will, for 15 years of service? That's yes. part one. Part two would be, um, when they give you um, a separation agreement where they extend the period of termination and they state that, you know, we'll employ you for the following two months, um, if you should leave before then, um, are you still entitled to that separation pay um, that they initial, initially um, promised, or are you at risk of losing that if you had found gainful employment in that time frame? Excellent question. So let's talk about how much severance first you would get after 15 years. Now, the amount of severance is based on your age, the position that you have, and the length of employment. So you said 15 years. How old? Uh, what, what age are we talking about? Uh, 40. 40, and what kind of a job? Just give me a general idea. What type of job? 
um, hot, uh, I would call it a white collar executive. Executive. Okay, so you're looking at 16 to 18 months of severance is what you would be owed in an executive position. Uh, a lower level position will be somewhat less than that. So 16 to 18 months of total compensation, salary, bonus, benefits, uh, car allowance, etc. Everything would have to be included. But to answer your second question is if your employer says we're going to employ you for the next two months or three months, whatever it is, if you were to leave before that end date, you would be considered to have resigned and not get the rest of your severance. So uh, you may decide to leave because you find another job, but that does mean that your former employer would not have to pay you anything. Well, let me ask you, just just on that note then, um, because I've seen um, some uh, a colleague who's actually received a specific clause in, in their separation where it actually it, it entailed that should they leave, they would forgo the income for that two to three month period, but they would still, providing they gave written notice, they would still be entitled to the separation pay. Listen, if that's the agreement that you reach with your employer, that's wonderful. That's extremely rare. The general rule is that uh, unless you agree to something different, is if you leave during that period of time, you lose your severance. Now, okay. now, Josh, is this what happened to you? Did, were you offered severance? No, but I'm actually anticipating potentially um, this could be an uh, could be a potential scenario. But I, again, I'm just trying to be proactive and get your advice. So, right around 16 months or so of compensation is what I'd assess you at. If that does happen to you, Josh, if you're looking at a severance offer, even if you think it's good. Give me a call. Let me take a look at it. I'll be able to tell you within a few minutes whether it's good or not. And if it's not good, what can be done about it? Uh, it's a very good to be proactive. And for you, right around 16 months compensation. Josh, 416-216-5900 is Lior's number. We'll get uh, Andrea in here quick before the break. Uh, good evening, Andrea. How are you? Good. How are you? Okay. What's uh, what's your concern? I love your show, by the way. You're awesome. Thank you. <laughs> We're not paying, Andrea. That's, uh, you know. <laughs> I just really I enjoy listening. Um my husband is uh, a general laborer. He's 48 years old, a very, very, very dusty environment. We have found out he has COPD. Um, he's been laid off. Uh, uh, like there was a whole bunch of people laid off because it's not very busy right now. Yes. Expected date of recall is probably the middle of July. Okay. Now he's sick and he cannot go back to work. At all or just in July? No, can't go back, period. At all, okay. No. Now, does he have a disability plan through work, long-term, short-term disability? Uh, that I, I don't think they do, no. So here's the, here's the thing, uh, Andrew. I mean, he can go uh, on EI, and EI could pay him uh, for potentially uh, up to a year. Uh, but beyond that, if he can't go back to work, there's really not going to be other income for him uh, if he can't work at all for any job, he may be able to apply for the Ontario Disability Plan, uh, ODSP. Uh, but from his employer's standpoint, if he can't go back to work, I doubt he'll, I mean, I, I doubt they'll, they'll simply say, okay, well, from our perspective, the job is here for you. So we're not terminating your employment. Uh, and he won't go back to work, so he probably is not going to get paid anything. So it's about getting EI and, and potentially, if he can't work at all, applying for the ODSP plan. His employer is probably not going to pay him in this situation. Okay, that's what I thought. I wondered about the severance. Now, l- l- let's talk about one thing. Sorry, you said he was laid off. Had he been laid off before or is this the first time? 
first time at this ah, time. Well, there you go. So now, now here's our angle here. The layoff itself, what had happened back when he was still able-bodied, able-bodied that actually uh, was a termination in, in and of itself. Is he part of a union? No. Okay, wonderful. So because of that, once he was laid off temporarily, the layoff itself is a termination. So the moment that happened, it triggered the obligation to pay him severance. So even before he was sick, how long did he work there for? Uh, I think he's been there three or four years. So he could be entitled to four or five and maybe as much as six months compensation because of that layoff. So Andrea, give me a call off air or have your husband give me a call off air. The good news is because he has not been laid off before, we actually can treat the layoff as a termination and get him his full severance. Oh, perfect. Okay. We'll talk about that more after the break. I want to get into that because people are probably scratching their head going, what the heck are you talking about? In the meantime, the number to call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Good opening salvo there. Lots more calls on the way. We'd love to hear from you as well as we continue the employment hour right here on Talk Radio, AM 640. 717 on your Wednesday evening. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. To get a hold of us here at the radio station, you can also email Lior anytime, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Before we get into our uh, duty to accommodate, I want to talk about this. We just finished off the last segment, and you were talking about uh, layoff. Now, the, the caller's husband had been laid off, never been laid off before. You said, Eureka, wait a minute, that is a termination. Explain, I know, yeah. but explain for those who don't. That's right, uh, John, and, and thanks. Uh, it is very important because a lot of people may find themselves in that situation. So a temporary layoff is not something an employer is allowed to do. There's a lot of confusion out there. A lot of people believe that, no, I'm a, uh, as an employer, I'm allowed to let someone go temporarily and then bring them back. Actually not. Uh, a temporary layoff is a termination. So let, let me g- give you an example on why. If I were to say to you, John, I'm going to reduce your pay by 50%, mm-hmm. you wouldn't agree with me that I can't do that, no. right? I mean, that would be a constructive dismissal. Well, what if I said to you, I'm not going to reduce your pay by 50%, I'm going to reduce your pay by 100%. By laying you off. Well, that's what a layoff is, yeah. right? So clearly I can't do that. So a temporary layoff can be treated as a termination. What I mean is an employee can decide to accept the layoff, sit at home and wait and hope they get called back and go back if they are called back. Or they can say, no, I'm going to treat that layoff as a termination and require you to pay me today my full severance, okay? You can do that. The only time you cannot do that is if there's been layoffs in the past that you let the employer get away with, you accepted. Once you've accepted it once, arguably you've allowed them to do it again and again. With the caller that we had previously, that was the first layoff. That's why as soon as her husband was laid off, he was terminated, which means now he's owed severance. So that is the fear if you accept it once or twice. It becomes a precedent. Exactly. It becomes a precedent, a condition, or a term of employment. Effectively, we've agreed that I can do this. Uh, So that's why I'd ask her. If she had told me, yes, my husband was laid off last year and the year before, and then they brought him back, I would say, well, now it's no longer a termination because your husband and his employer have agreed that, yes, you guys can lay me off and I'll come back and that's fine because it was the first time, it wasn't fine. So the layoff itself, once we they said, we're going to lay off temporarily until July, that was a termination. Now he's out severance and he's worked there three or four years. I don't know his age or position, but probably anywhere from four to six months severance is what he'd be owed. People get severance when they get uh, let go and they see the number on a piece of paper and they still don't know how that mathematical equation came to be. So quite often they accept it. So I will bring about and ask you about the severance pay calculator. Yeah. So how do I know it's three to four months or six months or anything in between? We had a previous caller where I told him he's owed probably 16 months severance. 
Well, those entitlements are based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. The longer you work, the older you are, and the more senior a position, the more severance is owed to you. And I've created a tool that allows anyone to find out how much they're owed, and that's the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. So you use, you use that, you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you find out exactly how much compensation you're owed. Anyone can use that. doesn't matter if you work for a month or for 30 years. If you're old or young, full-time, part-time, anyone can use it. Free, anonymous, easy to use, and it should always, always, John, be the very first place you go to if you lost your job. You can do that the moment you step out of the office, you grab bet. your cell phone, grab your laptop, go to severancepaycalculator.com. Deb, thanks for uh, joining the show this evening. What's your question? Hi, mine is more about duty to accommodate. Yes. I'm severely allergic to almonds. It's very documented. I've had severe um, anaphylaxis. Um, My employer, it's taken about a year and a half, but is actually going to make my environment where my immediate area is not free. But in doing so, it's been an incredible hassle back and forth and expensive with my doctor. So part of my work now says that I can't be do part of my job because I may be exposed to almonds. But then part of my um, accommodation now says um, that because they wanted my doctor to um, put in order what, what the severity of my allergy is, that I can be around other nuts. So I objected to that clause. And I said, if that has nothing to do with accommodation, why is it in there? And they're telling me that I have to sign that. Do I have to sign that? Well, no, you, you don't have to sign that. Your, your accommodation should be based on what your doctor is, is uh, requiring, what your doctor is saying. Can be more, can be less, especially with something as serious as a, as a nut allergy that, of course, can be deadly. So, uh, you know, the accommodation is not up to the employer. It's up to, to your doctor. They have to make all reasonable efforts, even if it's not easy to do, uh, to make sure that your environment uh, is safe for you. And if your uh, employer is not doing that, my notes here say that you're part of a union. You should speak with the, your union right away. It's your union's job, if you're unionized, to protect you and help to make sure that your employer is accommodating you. So don't accept anything less than that. Take a short break. If you're hanging on the lines, hang in. A little longer, we'll get to you. For everybody else uh, wanting to call in, please do. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more to get through on the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM 640. 726, Wednesday evening. Yeah, we'd love to get more of your phone calls in here, answer your questions. We'll get to understanding duty to accommodate, a term that Deb actually just threw on us to our last caller. Before we went to break, Tom, thanks for hanging in from Toronto. What is your concern? Um, I have a question with regard to the, the temporary layoff and it always being a termination. I'm wondering if uh, this is an exception, this scenario. And basically the employer is uh, hiring people and all the employers, uh, employees were actually asked to sign a new, this new contract. It contains word verbiage to the effect that they are allowed to lay off. Right. So it's in the contract. And they also reference the Employment Standards Act as opposed to just letting it be common law. Yeah, so that, that employer is doing two things. Number one, it's, it's contracting for the right to lay someone off temporarily. And if they do that, yes, once an employee signs a document that says, you employer have a right to lay me off temporarily, then that becomes legal at that point. At that point, the employer can lay the person off temporarily and the employee can't do anything about it. So yes, that's certainly an exception. That's a, an employer that's, that's gaining that right. The other thing they're doing is, they're, from what you're telling me, 
is they're contracting to only have to pay people their very minimum severance. So if we let you go at some point, instead of paying your full entitlements, what we call your common law entitlements, we're only going to pay your bare minimum entitlements. So that's a very bad offer letter because not only can you be laid off for months at a time for no reason, if they do let you go, you'll get pennies on the dollar. So, you know, certainly that's an employer that that's trying to get the very best deal for themselves and an employee that signs that at some point, that's going to cost them a lot of money. Tom, did you sign an employment agreement like that? Um, well, actually, when I was presented it, I uh, sought your firm's expertise and saw one of your colleagues yeah. who uh, picked out that, those things and several other things. And I, I, made, I made a list and I said, I'm not comfortable signing this without change. And he said, if you don't want to sign it, you don't have to sign it. I'm in a senior position. So I said, okay. Because so, I was. So, were they, so Tom, were they, you were already working at the company at that time? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. So, so for sure, why would you ever sign something like totally. that that makes your situation worse off? My God, we, that would be a very bad idea. So, so what happens? You didn't sign, and are you still working? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Trust me, if you had signed that document, Tom, at some point, that would have cost you tens of thousands of dollars, maybe even more than that. So I'm yeah. glad that you did the right thing. You, got, you called us and got some advice, uh, and, and it, trust me, one day you'll be really glad that you did. Yeah, I don't think I'm going anywhere, so that's, we, we both agree that. Well, if you do, you're going to get your full benefits anyway. Yeah, exactly. At least you know you're protected, that if something does happen, uh, you, you get full uh, entitlements. You're not losing or leaving anything on the table. So, you know, that's a very important lesson for our, our listeners who may have, you know, been doing something different. Your employer comes to you and says, I need you to sign a new employment agreement. You know, as long as the salary is the same and, you know, the benefits are not being changed, you may think, yeah, I'll accept that without realizing that what you're really doing potentially is you're giving up other entitlements that you have. So the rule is very simple. If your employer, if you're already employed and your employer is asking you to sign a new employment agreement, that's bad news. Always. Full stop. There's no exceptions to that. An employer is never going to ask you to sign a new employment agreement that provides you for better terms than what you already have. It's just not going to happen. So do the wise thing like Tom did. Get some advice. Give me a call. Let's find out exactly what it says. And if it does provide for worse terms, we can talk about what it means and how we negotiate them. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Taking a quick break. Lots more to go. This is the Employment Hour. Talk radio, AM 640. Lines are open. Want to give us a call? We'd love to hear from you tonight for the next uh, 25 minutes, give or take, here in the Employment Hour. Before we get to understanding duty to accommodate, which was mentioned back in uh, an earlier segment, the last caller mentioned that day uh, an offer, well, a new employment agreement was uh, Foisted upon him. He said, no. Now, I asked you uh, when we were off air, I said, even if he signed that, if he got nothing for it in return, would it even hold water? Yeah, arguably, he would not, uh, he, it wouldn't be enforceable on him if he didn't get anything in return. Meaning? Of, for an employment agreement to be enforceable, you have to get something in return for signing it. That's why an employment agreement usually has to be signed before you start working, because you sign the agreement, and in return, you get something. You get the job. Mm. So there's an enforceable agreement. But if you already have the job and then you sign an employment agreement, well, that agreement is not enforceable because you've got nothing else. You already have the job. So for, for what does an employer do if they want to make an agreement enforceable when the employee is already working? They have to give the employee something. It could be a one-time signing bonus, a pay raise, extra vacation, anything that the employee would otherwise not be entitled to get. And if they, they give that to the employee and the employee signs, yes, now we have an enforceable agreement. If it's simply, hey, sign here, Bob, Bob signs, but Bob doesn't get anything in return, 
arguably at that point, even though Bob signed, no, no enforceable agreement and the employer can't rely and enforce that. So very important to understand for employers, don't ever offer uh, employment agreements or make someone sign an employment agreement without giving them something in return. Otherwise, you're just wasting time. Like a Pez dispenser. Something. A Pez Come dispenser on. is nice. Some of them are very fancy. There's people that collect them. So right. let, let's not make fun. Understanding duty to accommodate. It was mentioned earlier on. Uh, what is duty to accommodate? Yeah, the duty to accommodate is the obligation, in the context of, of employment law at least, it's, it's the obligation that an employer has to assist employees that have certain limitations to incorporate back into the workplace. The, the most common situation happens when an employee is, uh, has a, a disability or medical limitation, and an employer has to provide accommodation to allow them to go back to work. That may mean giving them other duties, right. less hours, uh, assistance, uh, changing shift uh, schedule, etc. Anything that the employer does to help the employee come back to work is the duty to accommodate. An employer has the obligation to do that. It's not something that an employer does out of the goodness of the employer's heart. They have to do it. And in many situations, and unfortunately I see in, in, in my practice, employers that don't meet that duty, where they, they refuse to provide that right. accommodation. In other words, if you're off work, John, you can come back to work doing the exact same thing you did in the exact same way. We're not going to change anything for you. And in many cases, that's illegal. In Ontario, we have the Human Rights Code. And the Human Rights Code, it's a very important statute. And that uh, legislation, that statute, requires employers to provide that accommodation. There's, there's little choice there. Uh, and uh, a, a lot of times that doesn't happen, and that's when human rights violations happen. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sales, the number to call. Who has, uh, who has a right to be accommodated? Well, everyone can, has a right to be accommodated as long as they're, uh, they're uh, suffering from something that the law recognizes as a protected ground. So you have to be accommodated if you have a disability. What the law recognizes is a disability. You can be accommodated if, you're, uh, if you need accommodation for religious reasons, for example. You know, if you, for your religious reasons, you can't work certain times, an employer has to accommodate that. Uh, if you need some accommodation because of your age, your age limits you to what you can do physically. Again, all of that has to be accommodated. You can't be accommodated because uh, you know you you prefer to uh, be home to watch a certain TV show. I missed Cheers last week. Right. So the employer home. has to accommodate your schedule. That no, that the, there's no accommodation there. But anything to do with medical condition, race, ethnicity, age, an employer has to accommodate. So that applies to all of us. Jay in Scarborough. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? How are you, pal? What's up? Okay. I was on uh, PIP about uh, seven, eight months ago. Yes. After six months, uh, but I was warned by an email. Then after six months, they just uh, let me go with uh, eight-week severance. Am I entitled for anything extra? Uh, now, Jay, were you part of a union? No. Okay. And how long did you work there for? About 10 years. 10 years. And what kind of a job? What did you do there? Just an office clerical job. Clerical job. And Jay, Jay, how old are you? 53. 53. So someone in your situation would be entitled to right around 10 months, actually. You're, you're, you're a classic month per year person. So right around 10 months uh, of, of severance uh, is what you're owed. You were offered, what, six weeks or eight weeks? Uh, they paid me eight weeks. Yeah, so you're, you're owed another eight months of compensation. Wow. The only way they would not pay that is if you did something so bad, so terrible, uh, that it was impossible to continue employing you. I highly doubt that's the case. They probably felt that your performance wasn't what they wanted. 
be that as it may, even if that is the case, they still have to pay you severance. So you've been wrongfully dismissed, Jay. Uh, when did this happen? Uh, this happened uh, somewhere in March. In March, and did you have to sign a, a, a termination letter, any no. document? Nothing, nothing. Jay just gave me about few line words saying that, uh, as discussed, uh, you know, you did not perform well, so we let you go. That's it. Well, no, the good news is you've made this call and you've been wrongfully dismissed. Uh, and, and now we know that, so now we can get you the compensation that you're owed. This is not complicated, Jay, so here's what I, I would like for you to do. I want you to give me a call off the air. John will give you the number in a second. You and I will sit down and speak about this, and I'll tell you exactly how we resolve this. This is something that could resolve in a couple of weeks. This is very straightforward. So, Jay, give me a call off air. We definitely need to talk. Another eight months compensation. Yeah. Jay, that number he speaks of is 416 416- 216-5900. More of your phone calls, more of a conversation, underda- understanding the duty to accommodate. Coming right up on, on the Employment Hour, it's here on Talk Radio, AM 640. 7.44 here on the Employment Hour. Lior's number anytime, by the way, is 416-216-5900. But we'd like to call into the radio station in the next uh, 15 minutes to talk to you. Tony in uh, Mississauga, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, what's your story, mate? Um, I've been with the company for, say, about uh, 14 years doing the same job, uh, give or take, but the same shift. Right. So it's, it's, um, work is a bit slow, so for them to find work for me, they're putting me on a different shift, positive different shifts, sorry, uh, an afternoon shift where I've been working days. If I refuse, do I have recourse for severance? Excellent question, Tony. First uh, question to you is, are you part of a union? No. Okay. So, uh, and you've never worked the afternoon shift? Never. Okay. Then, no, they cannot impose that on you. So here's, okay. here's the way it works. You, you, if you don't want to do it, then it's up to you, of course. You can say, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And w- one of two things will happen. Either they'll back off and say, fine, or they'll okay. say, too bad, Monday you're scheduled for the afternoon shift. And if that's the case, yes, you can get your full severance. That's what we call a constructive dismissal. And after 14 years, you probably would be looking at easily at a year's pay, maybe more than a year's pay is what severance would be for you. Okay. So you don't have to accept that. That's a big change, obviously, going from days to afternoons. Uh, and if you've never done that before, your shift has always been day, you absolutely don't have to accept it. But one, one warning, Tony, if you decide to accept it and then you change your mind, at that point it may be too late. Right, right, I understand. Okay, great. Okay, if that, if that happens, give me a shout. Does he have any, you said if he accepted it, does he have any leeway as far as, you know, I'll try it out for a couple of weeks. Guys, this does not work on my schedule. I'm taking it back. A couple of weeks, probably, as long as he says to them right off the hop, you know, I'm going to try it out and, and see how it goes, rather than say, yeah, I'm glad to do it, and then two weeks later says, now it's not working. So I would, if you wanted to try it for a couple of weeks and no longer, I would say to them, I'm going to try for two weeks, see if I can manage this, you know, with my other family obligations. And after two weeks, make a decision. But make it clear that you're trying it out only. Get to uh, Carrie in Hamilton. Hi, Carrie. Hi, how are you? Excellent. How are you? No, not too bad. Okay, go ahead. So I've been listening to your show for a long while, and I don't uh, think that I have any anything to go on by now. I've been, been at my job for a year now. Uh, my new job, but I had been at my previous job for almost 15 years, and what had happened was they had bought another company with about another 25 um, employees, and then before the three months, uh, people that had been at that at that other business for um, so many years, they started letting them go, and then they started um, putting us on uh, four-day work weeks. And fortunately, I got to work most of those days because the other girl I worked with, she ended up being on holidays and off, so I worked them. So I hadn't really been laid off 
more than maybe a couple of days. And, uh, and then they did it again, so I was proactive, and I started looking for another job, and I found another job, so I had quit that job. And I'm just wondering if there's anything that I can go back on on that job of the way they kind of have shuffled everybody around and they, they laid somebody else off for, um, I don't know, almost eight months, and it had never been done before. So for, for let's talk about the changes that happened to you. I can't really deal right now with the other people, but for you specifically, did right. they reduce your days of week, uh, days of work, sorry? It, it was down to four days a week, yes. Uh, down down uh, to four days from five days. Yeah. Any other changes? Um, just like I said, with the, the other people coming in uh, into the job and putting another person in as, as a manager who was not good at her job and I had pointed out some things that she had done and they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. And now, never now, did anything about it. Carrie, I think you said you've had a total of 15 years? Yeah. And how big a company, approximately how many employees? I would say now there's probably about 35. 35. Yes, but then they also have offices all around that they've kind of opened it up that they're kind of like storefronts, but everything comes to our place. But do you have in a sense in Ontario ballpark, how many employees in Ontario? Um, maybe closer to 50 then. Okay. So depending on, on uh, the size of specific size of their payroll, you are actually arrowed compensation. It would either be eight weeks or 23 weeks, depending on the size of, of their payroll. Now, if you hadn't found the job so quickly, you, you would have been entitled to a lot more, potentially a year's pay or more than a year's pay. Right. In your situation, you would be limited to your minimum entitlements, which would be if, if their payroll is less than $2.5 million, is eight weeks pay. If it's more than $2.5 million, it would be 23 weeks pay. You know, 50 is probably borderline. 50 employees, there's a decent chance that they may be over the $2.5 million payroll. So right. give I mean, me a call off. Are- Affair, because if, if potentially if you're out 23 weeks pay, that's close to six months pay. That's going to be a lot of money. You were constructively dismissed. And once you're constructively dismissed, uh, even if you continue working for a while, you are still entitled to your minimum entitlements, which for you could be as much as 23 weeks pay. So definitely, I think, worthwhile, Carrie, for you and I to speak off air and for me to find out a bit more about the company and about your specific situation. Carrie, that number, 416-216-5900. For everybody else, you got uh, 10 minutes or so to give us a call here on the air and discuss any issues you have. As far as severance, employment, anything under that umbrella, we'll get to those phone calls when they come through and more of our discussion about duty to accommodate when the employment hour continues right here on Talk Radio AM 640. Man, this hour flies by. It's uh, 7.53. We'll get to uh, maybe another call here and, and an email comes through Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com Jerry says, uh, I'm receiving long-term disability payments, or at least benefits anyway. My insurance company is going to cut me off because they say I should go back to work. Do I have to go back if my doctor has not approved it? You know, very, very good uh, question there, Jerry. Now, first of all, insurance companies, long-term disability insurance companies are known for cutting people off sooner than they should. Uh, you know, my, my, my partner, Sivan Tumarkin, talks about this all the time on the Insurance and Injury Law Show, uh, and, and it's very common. So it's quite possible that this is one of those situations. They're cutting you off if your doctor's saying you're not, they're not... Uh, uh, you shouldn't be cut off, yep. then that's wrong. You should give me a call, uh, connect you with Sivan, and make sure that you get what you're owed. They can't make you go back to work, and your employer also can't say, well, hey, the insurance company is telling us you're working, you should be able to work, so uh, because of that, we should come back to work. If that happens, let me uh, speak to you, let me help you resolve that. Can't happen. Marlene in Toronto, thanks for calling through. How are you, Marlene? 
Good. How are you? Okay. What's your question? Um, I started my job maybe about seven months ago, and part of the contract was if I completed the six-month probationary period, they would be giving me a raise and a three-week vacation. Now, during this time, I did get pregnant, and I'm supposed to be going on maternity leave in September. I just want to know if they felt too obliged to the contract um, and pay me the raise uh, that they had promised after the six months. Absolutely, they have to. Thank you for your call. It's an important call. They have to. Not only do they have to because it's in the contract. If they don't, it's almost going to seem like they're not doing it because you're pregnant, which would be a human rights violation. And in other words, it would be completely illegal. So yes, they have to abide by it. And uh, it would be a breach of contract as well as potentially a human rights violation if they don't. If they don't abide by it, give me a call. Hopefully it's a non-issue. Hopefully they'll do the right thing, Marlene. Marlene, that number, 416-216-5900. And uh, Angela, good evening. Hi. Hi, how are you? Hi, fine, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. No I just um, have a, a sort of a brief question that's probably going to need more time, and I just wanted to know if it was worth for me to call. Do you deal with employers and WSIB? Well, I, I deal I, with disputes between employees uh, and employers. Uh, I don't necessarily deal with disputes between employees and WSIB. Uh, I do work with a a lawyer that I refer that matters to. So if you need to connect with a lawyer, if you're an employee and you have a dispute with WSIB, I can connect you with him. Uh, But I deal with disputes between employees and employers. Okay. Well, I'm not sure which one it is or if it's all of the above, to be honest. Um, My uh, future son-in-law works for a large company in Brampton. Yes. His father is the boss. He hurt himself very badly. He retreads uh, tires for semi-truck. Yes. And he hurt himself quite badly. Um, his father told him if he put a WSIB claim in, he'd fire him. Um, uh-huh. And uh, so he was scared. He's 20 years old, and he lived at home still. And so, But anyways, the next night um, after he slept, he couldn't get up. He had to be taken to the hospital via wow. ambulance. He did put in a WSIB claim. And it was approved. WSIB approved it. Yeah. Um, then they came back and said, well, we'll give him um, 30 days later modified duties. Well, the modified duties still involve tire lifting. And the doctor that we randomly picked out of the book said, no, 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 he couldn't even do the drive. Because from Barrie to Brampton, it's an hour and 20 minutes approximately one way. Right. He said he's not even well enough to even do the drive. So they cut off his WSIB benefits just last week. They're still allowing for his uh, treatments and things that he has to have, but the employer is basically going to let him go. Um, and so he's in a bit of a mess, and he's been there for yeah. four years. So, Angela, you're right. I mean, you, this is both an employment matter and a WSIB matter, but the good news is you give me a call. I'll be able to help you uh, with the employment matter and connect you with the WSIB person. You're right. This is something that we need to talk about off air. It's more... Uh, involved than, than what we can do mm-hmm. right now on the air. So, but we need to speak about it. It's, it's obviously it's a lot at stake if your son can't work, etc. So, definitely want to talk to you off air. Angela, that number four one six two one six fifty nine hundred. Got about a minute here. Wrap it up with the uh, severance pay calculator. Got to right. use it. Got to use it. Got to use it every single time. If you lo- lost your job or if you know someone that lost your job, uh, severancepaycalculator.com, John. This is the place to go to to find out how much you're owed. We're, we're telling people the truth, the way it really is. Don't be surprised when you use it. And if you think that number is high, it's because that's what it is. I don't make that up. It's what the the law provides for you. 
Everyone should make it the first place they go to if they lose their job. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. 416-216-5900 is Lior's number. One more time, that email is lior at employmenthour.com. We'll do it for another night right here on Talk Radio AM 640.